On KPAM 860, the marriage team is at your service. We've only just begun to live White lace and promises A kiss for luck and we're on our way Few things are more complicated than getting relationships right. And here are marriage coaches Al and Autumn Ray to empower you for a winning marriage. Hey, we're glad you joined us this afternoon. I'm Coach Autumn. I'm here with my husband, Coach Allen, and we call ourselves coaches because we are, in fact, marriage coaches. And we help couples in all stages of marriage, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. We get a lot of calls and a lot of emails from folks out there who say, I don't understand what this coaching is all about. Get calls from people out there who say, I don't love my husband anymore. We never talk. I'm just done. I'm finished with this relationship. I want out. Get calls from people who say, you know, we're engaged and we heard about this coaching, but we don't know what it's all about. We're so in love. We don't ever argue. We love being together. We're not sure why we should have a marriage coach. What are some other calls that we get, Alan, from folks? Well, sometimes uh, somebody at work is looking pretty good and people are showing an interest in somebody else outside the relationship. Um, sometimes, uh, the kids have gone away to college and, uh, the couple is saying, you know, that's what was holding us together. And now there's no reason for us to stay together. They were doing it for the kids. So those are circumstances that have come up in the past. True. And we uh, sometimes get husbands who email us and say, my wife doesn't want any physical intimacy anymore. You know, I really have found somebody else and I want to be with them. Some people call and say, we've been to counseling. We've been to marriage seminars. We've talked with our pastor. It hasn't helped us at all. Why should we try coaching? And sometimes there are people who say, you know what? I'm in a really great marriage. Uh, In fact, on a scale of 1 to 10, I'd say it was maybe an 8. Why should I try marriage coaching? What would it do for me? So what are some answers to those questions? Alan, why should people try marriage coaching? Well, the example you gave of somebody says, well, I have an eight marriage. Why do I need coaching? The question for them is, well, if it was a nine, would that make it better? You know, <laughs> That's almost a question for everybody. You know, if your marriage is a zero, if you could get it to a five or a six or a seven, would that be better? Right. And the answer is, what would it take to move up one, just one step? If you think it's a five, what would it take to get to a six? And how much better would you feel if you felt your marriage was a six versus a five? Typically, couples that come to marriage will report uh, up to a 180% improvement in their relationship from like a 3.5 to a 7 point something. So couples can significantly improve their relationship as a result of coaching. We, we often see results like that. That is not unusual. And so along with talking to you today about what coaching can offer you and why you might seek coaching. The other thing that Alan and I wanted to talk to you about was there are couples just like us listening to our show today. Couples who have seen marriages fall apart, maybe in your families, maybe in your neighborhoods. Uh, People you know have come up to you and said, 
one of those statements that we said at the beginning of the show. I'm done. I'm out of this relationship. Well, there's friends of your children, too. Their parents are getting divorced, and it impacts your kids because they come home with those kind of questions. That's good, too, Alan. Exactly. And those are the positions that Alan and I were in time after time again. And we looked at each other, and we were just baffled and flabbergasted and sad and full of grief and all of those emotions that I'm sure all of you have felt, too. And we said, there must be something we can do. And there were three things that we could think of at the time, but none of them actually seemed very effective in putting marriages back together. We would say, well, have you seen a counselor? That seems to be the first thing that people say. Or if you're in a church, people say, have you talked to the pastor? And then the other thing that people in our circle say, well, we'll pray for you. But those were the only three things that we could think of, and they were not very helpful. We didn't see very many marriages getting put back together again because of those three things that we offered. So we decided that couples just like Alan and I could learn some skills and come alongside others and actually help marriages. And that's what began Marriage Team. And we named it Marriage Team because we believe that couples come together just like a team comes together with common goals and a common purpose. And Alan will tell you the analogy that we use for marriage team. Sure. The analogy is pretty simple. We're all born onto separate teams. We learn the plays that work on those teams. We learn how to get along in life as kids. And some of our teams, our families are more functional than others. So some of us develop a pretty good playbook and some of us don't. But doesn't matter because we become adults and we decide to form our own team and we do that. The problem is we bring our old playbook and we don't share it with our new teammate. So there's a lot of room for errors and fumbles and miscommunication. And then the frustration sets in and the anger and over time bitterness. And the team starts to feel like it's losing. And all teams go through this. It's like, uh, the teams that go through the norming, forming, storming, performing stage. It's its very predictable. That's what happens with teams. So what coaches do, very simply, is they help the team to develop a common playbook. And that involves common skills. It involves understanding when, when this happens, then I'm going to respond this way, getting agreement, and then practicing those skills. Much like a baseball team. When there's a man on first and the balls hit the shortstop, the shortstop knows exactly what it, what to do. He gets it, throws it to second, and then the second baseman throws it to first for a double play. It's automatic. They practice it. It's rehearsed. There's no question. And really, that's what a well-functioning team does. And marriages can be much the same way. When issues and problems come up, people can have a good set of plays that they can implement in order to function like a winning baseball team. As you were talking about those different plays that couples come to us with or that we've actually observed, even in couples that don't come to us, every person has a unique way of handling conflict or problem solving or communicating with each other. And when you come into a marriage relationship, it's not like you have a guidebook that says this is the way you're going to be handling all of those things. But you know, Alan, where I work, Recently, everyone who works there got this little three-by-five card that tells us how we're going to be making decisions in our organization. 
So how did they come up with this little three by five card that has these little bullet points that we all need to follow in order to make decisions in this organization, kind of working as a team? Well, they got a committee together and the committee decided that, you know, you'd get all the stakeholders together. You'd look at what wasn't working. You'd figure out some options for what was what might work. You talk to all the people involved and you'd come up with a decision. It makes sense in a business organization that people will do that. Oftentimes when I was working in a classroom, we'd come up with ground rules on how do you comport yourself in the classroom. You treat everyone respectfully. You don't raise your voice. If you have to go to the bathroom, you raise your hand. But people in marriage relationships don't take the time to come up with the ground rules. And in marriage team, we call those the plays that the the team learns together and can count on. When someone comes into the relationship and they're used to raising their voice in a discussion and the other person in the relationship is afraid when, when someone raises their voice, how do you think that's going to work for the team? Boy, it doesn't work well. What happens to that person who's afraid of that loud voice? Well, they back off, they go hide, they uh, they retreat, and they clam up. That's, that's exactly right. And then the person who raises their voice is raising their voice even more, trying to get them back into the conversation, when, trust me, that person is gone. They have left the game. They are no longer going to play. And, and it's so predictable. If that's your pattern, and that was a pattern that we had for years, if that's your pattern, it is near impossible to break out of it without some real thinking differences, uh, a new way to do business and a new way to figure out what isn't working. For years, we just repeated the behavior, and it was almost, it was one of these, well, here we go again, and we sort of knew where we were going to be in five minutes, but we weren't smart enough to break out of that. Now, I mean, we were smart enough, but we just didn't know how to do it. it so think about baseball players who don't have a good swing or pitchers who have trouble pitching a certain type of a ball, or a golfer who doesn't know how to hold the club correctly, or even me as a lousy bowler. I had a coach show me how to shake hands with the head pin. (laughs) And I learned that when I bowled, that's one of the things that I would tell myself to send that ball straight down the middle of the um, bowling alley. So that's One of the ways that coaches can help you, and we're going to go into that in a lot more detail. Right. The uh, coaching is is such a, well, it's been around for a long time, but it's somewhat new, especially in the field of marriage. Very new in marriage. Mm -hmm. Uh, People have, in the past, have talked about mentors, and I described to somebody just recently, they said, well, what's the difference between a coach and a mentor? And I said, well, a coach is a mentor on steroids. And, uh, <laughs> and, and what that means is that the coach, it takes a more active role in being the mirror that reflects back what they're seeing and what they hear the person that they're coaching say. They are very active in asking questions and helping to explore options. And if there's inconsistencies, mirroring it back so the person can think about it. So coaches ask powerful questions that cause people to get new understanding about their behavior and why they might be doing 
what they're doing. I'm just wondering, Alan, I know that we recently went to a marriage seminar and there were things that took place at that seminar that that nobody told us uh, was going to happen when when we got there. And I think it's really important for people to know what coaching is about and how coaches respond in certain situations. So when you say that a coach is like a mirror reflecting what they see, could you give an example of how a coach might interact with a couple sitting there with them as a mirror? Sure. Uh, What happens is the wife might make a comment and the husband rolls his eyes. So the coach observes that. And rather than let it go unnoticed, the coach might say, just uh, wait a second, please. George, I noticed that you just rolled your eyes when Mary made that comment. Would you share with her what was going through your head and what you were thinking and feeling when she made that comment? Now, we've already coached them on how to use an I statement, how to own their feelings, how to communicate it without attacking the other person. So we might say, so could you put that in an I statement so they'll know what you were feeling when that happened? So those feelings of of disconnect, of maybe um, contempt or whatever was going through his mind get flagged and brought out in the open because Mary, that isn't what Mary wants from her partner. She doesn't want him to respond like that because I can almost guarantee he wasn't listening anymore and communication had already broken down. So coaches use those signals in order to pick up and to reflect back what they see going on in the relationship. So what I heard you say was there are some skills that a coach will teach, and in this particular case, a coach is teaching communication skills, how to speak and how to listen. And then when the couple is doing that speaking and listening in front of a coach and a coach observes something that isn't being brought out in the open. Or a breakdown. Or a breakdown that needs to be brought out because open and honest communication is the only thing that creates intimacy between a couple. Or it's not the only thing. It's one of the most important things, I think, that creates intimacy with a couple. So it's kind of the coach's job to create that that open and honest communication by just mirroring and saying, this is what I saw. Tell us what's going on. Absolutely. That's That's a good example. Yeah, that's one of the basic coaching skills. And we're going to be talking about more of those coaching skills and how they can help you as a couple to address some of those issues that we started the show with right after break. Help for your marriage is right here with coaches Alan Autumn Ray, the marriage team on KPAM 860. Welcome back to Marriage Team. This is Coach Al, and we've been talking with you today concerning the process of marriage coaching and many of the questions that people ask us about coaching. Uh, We're going to open the phone lines. If you would like to call and ask a question about marriage coaching, you can give us a call at 503-225-0860 or 877-774-KPM. That's KPM 5726. Well, Alan had talked about the difference between coaching and mentoring, uh, and he said a coach was like a mentor on steroids. Is that what you said? That's what I said. Because they are actively involved in 
in the conversation. Tell us more about that. Yeah, and it's not only actively involved. It isn't just sharing their war stories with another couple, hoping that the couple will vicariously pick up and be able to implement what worked in our marriage, for instance, into their own marriage. Some couples might do that, but what we've found is each couple is different, and what works for Autumn and I might not work for somebody else, but that they know what will work for them if they can have some questioning and some coaching to help them figure it out. And then they can come to their own agreements and their own plans and what will work for them. So coaching really helps to facilitate that discovery process so they can come up with their own plays without having to try and figure out how to apply a mentor's play. Yes, and as you were saying that, I think of so often when we're sitting there coaching and we say, now tell your teammate, you know, what you were thinking or what you were feeling, and they begin to tell their teammate probably for the first time the depths of their feelings and and what was going through their mind and what their thought process was. And because they, they now have the skills to speak and listen effectively, the other teammate goes, wow, I didn't know that. So this is what you think. This is what you mean. And it begins to open a whole new light on that relationship. We say you can you can see it in their eyes when they get it. It's like the aha moment. So learning the skills and then having a coach help you implement those skills, I think is what the key is. Because, you know, many of you probably have been to marriage seminars or maybe even mar- a marriage class um, or maybe you sat through the videos in a small group and then had some discussion and then you go home and you wonder my goodness you know we've seen this marriage program we've seen that marriage video but when we come home we're not able to implement it well of course not it happens all the time when when people come to coaching we see it all the time because they have never been effectively led to practice it Again, think about a sports team. A pitcher needs to pitch and pitch and pitch. The other day I was driving home. I watched this little kid outside. He must have been eight years old. He was tossing baskets, basket after basket after basket. Then I drove by the soccer field, and little kids out there were kicking. They must have had 100 balls out there, and they were kicking balls and kicking balls and kicking balls. You cannot be good at something unless you practice it, and your marriage relationship is no different. Isn't that an amazing concept? You get married and think, oh, we know how to be married. But none of us knows how to be married. So maybe that is the best thing that a coach does is teaches you the skills you need to be married and then helps you practice those skills so that you can be married. And there was an interesting study that we were talking about earlier today that talked about the difference between uh, training effectiveness and coaching effectiveness. And it effectively said that, you know, reading about kicking a soccer ball and how you use your foot and you turn your foot and how you do it. That might be considered training. So people understand the basics of how to do that. But it's the application that really gets the improved performance. So they said training is good for some improvement in a relationship, uh, but the actual major improvement comes from the application of the training so that you actually practice those, they called them the neuro the, the neural pathways that actually control the the uh, the motor skills and everything, so that you get the muscles trained to perform in a special way. So it's it's that process of application that really results in the significant improvement. I mean, I think of golf. I couldn't hit a golf ball straight if my life depended on it. 
but there but we've all seen people that do it every single time and uh and are quite good at it but it's because they have gone through and done that practice and there's a certain amount of skill too that needs to be taught sure great so if we could say anything about coaching that's probably the best way that coaches help couples now Alan talked about what makes coaching effective so that now you know if you sit through those classes <laughs> and you watch those videos, you know that you don't have a very big percentage uh, of hope of changing your relationship unless you actually get somebody in the game with you showing you how to coach. We have a little analogy that's kind of in our introduction to coaching that everybody goes through, and it just says a good coach can make all the difference for your team. A good coach understands what needs to be done to win a game and helps the players focus on the basics. Skills are demonstrated and practiced until they become second nature. Plays are reviewed and studied until teammates know exactly what to do in any given situation. Learning the necessary communication skills, what you're supposed to do when you get angry, and how you and your teammate can resolve conflict fairly, they're rarely second nature to us. But with training and practice, your marriage team can develop these skills until they do become second nature. So that's what a coach can help you do. I remember when we got married, you know, we both came with different playbooks and didn't share them, didn't know what the other person was doing when they did it. And one of the plays that I came into our relationship with was if Alan loved me and cared for me, he would know what I need and want. Well, he's clueless. He was a guy and he was operating totally on a different playbook. But every time he wouldn't meet my needs, that said to me, oh, he must not love me and he must not care about me. Now I can actually laugh about that because it's so ridiculous. But how many people come into a relationship and think that? If my husband loved me and cared about me, he would act this way. But he doesn't know he's supposed to act that way. And and my play for that was, if Autumn needed something, she'd tell me. I mean, that's what I would I expected. I didn't so when she didn't do that, I assumed things were okay, and that was a silly assumption. But nevertheless, that was my play. So we had a couple of plays that were very incompatible and caused us both a lot of frustration in those early years. See, we were doomed, yeah. <laughs> but a good coach can help you, so you don't have to be doomed. Uh, as we were talking about people sharing their feelings and their emotions and what's going on with them in an honest way. I was thinking about a study that I recently read about um, empathy. And empathy is one of the most important things that a marriage relationship can have. If you don't care about how the other person is feeling, you won't want to change the way you're doing things or the way the team is doing things. And this study, Alan, talked about college students um, may be lacking in empathy it was kind of a study that they did in 1979 through the years to 2009. That's and, a long study. Yeah, and and they ask a number of questions based on interpersonal sensitivity or empathy, and the two that stood out as um, decreasing was feelings of sympathy for others' mis misfortunes and how people imagine others' points of view. Now, in our coaching, can you... Think about how people imagine others' points of view and how important that is. Because if I think Alan's out to get me, <laughs> it's going to change my perspective on the way I deal with him. But if I think we're on the same team and we just have a mismatched play somewhere, that's going to change my perspective 
on how I deal with them. I can go back to the drawing board and say, hey, Alan, you know, could we back up and redo this and have another conversation about it? Or I could say in my head, boy, he's just stupid. He's never going to get it. He doesn't care about this relationship. And can you see how that would change the way we want to play the game of marriage together? Just that understanding of how people imagine other people other points of view. So then the study went on to say, why do you think those things are decreasing in in the years from 1979 uh, to 2009? Do you have any ideas on that? Why, why people would be more insensitive, I guess is the word? Well, I think that um, it could be that, that the breakdown of the family would be one thing that comes to mind, that as more and more kids are growing up in broken homes, they don't see the empathy uh, all they see is the anger and the conflict, mm-hmm. and therefore it isn't modeled for them. Um, certainly our media has a lot of um, shoot 'em up uh, beat 'em up kind of shows where kids get in, get uh, desensitized mm-hmm. to the pain that is caused by one person to another. So all of those could be factors. What did the study say? Well, you hit a couple of them, and then one of them was the emphasis on self in today's society. Oh, it's society. all about me. Yeah, and not about the other person. And in a team, you have to think about the other players. Oh, it's all about the team. Right. Because if the team loses, you lose. But So there aren't individual win- winners in a team sport. Yeah, it makes so much sense to me. I sometimes can't understand why people don't get that. And then the other part of it was um, the, the relationships that people are having online. You're not face-to-face anymore. So oh. you're doing these emails and... and you know, meeting people for the first time online, and it's totally changing the way you see empathy and sympathy for the other person. Hmm, very interesting. So we're going to be going to break. If you want to join the conversation and have any questions about coaching, you can call 503-225-0860 or toll-free 877-774-KPAM. Now more of the marriage team coaches Al and Autumn Ray on KPAM 860. Hi, this is Coach Al, and I'm here with uh, Autumn, Coach Autumn, and we've been talking about the coaching process and why a couple might want uh, to get a marriage coach. For those of you that have been listening that are in good relationships and would like to learn more about coaching, we do training uh, You'd like to learn more about actually being a coach. Thank being you. a coach couple. Being a coach couple. We do training twice a year, so you can give our office a call to find out about how you could become a coach couple, and that telephone number is 360-450-4131. That's 360-450-4131, and we can fill you in on uh, what it takes to become a marriage coach. And now that's the same number that people would call if they were interested in getting a marriage coach. Is that right? No, the number, if okay. you're interested in getting a coach, would be 360-450-6042. That's the number for getting a coach, uh, 450-6042. Thank you for the clarification there. Great. So we hope there are some people who, just like Alan and I, who believe that they have something to offer other couples, uh, because trust me, it's very, very rewarding. Well, we know there are people out there. And <laughs> and often we hear people say that, well, I don't know if I could do that. And the answer is, yes, you can. Um, nobody has a perfect marriage. And if you are concerned about another couple, if you've often wondered what you could do to help, if you're... Um, bothered when you hear of friends that are getting divorced or you see family members that are getting divorced and you just wish you could do something different, 
that is the basic qualification that you would really like to do something to help. The coaching skills are 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 learnable, and uh, you, when you learn them and practice them, they can become second nature, and you can be a very effective coach. Uh, you don't need to be have a you don't need to have a perfect marriage to be a good coach. So we want to get back and talk to you a little bit more about what the coaching process is and what you could expect uh, from a marriage coach. And so Alan had talked about what the difference between coaching and mentoring is, but we want to also talk about what the difference between coaching and counseling is. And um, coaching, well, let's talk about counseling first. Counseling often focuses on the past hurts and helps people to heal. Um, It's kind of a medical model. And counselors are really experts and are very well trained to diagnose problems and um, prescribe solutions and answers for their clients. In marriage team, the coaches do not offer advice. The coaches are not in that same medical model where they diagnose what the problem is. We believe that couples actually can figure that out for themselves as a team and then the team decides what they want to do differently. Well, and I might add there, couples can figure that out for themselves, and that assumes that they don't need counseling. If a couple has issues where they really do need counseling, we, as we do with the intake, we will refer them uh, to a counselor because uh, coaching isn't for everyone, but it's for a lot of people. That's very true. And so what kind of people do well in coaching? Well, People who can maybe write down a grocery list, go to the store, and buy what's on the list. <laughs> that may be a simplified version of it, but really that's a lot what coaching is. It's kind of coming up with the list or the play that the, that the two of you, that the team is going to do differently, and then being able to follow through on that play. Right. You made it really simple there, It does didn't sound you? really simple, doesn't yeah. it? But the fun part about it is that with your coach couple, you practice it over and over and over again. So let's just take the example of the couple. Uh, maybe one of the teammates is the, the loud one in an argument or in a conflict situation, and the other one is quiet and tends to leave the game when the other person gets really loud. So what kinds of things would a coach do in that particular situation? Well, the coach might ask the quiet person who tends to leave the game, what would it take to keep you in the game? What could your teammate say to you instead of raising his or her voice that would keep you in the game so that you could have a good discussion about this situation? And the person would think about it and come up with their own solutions. They might say something. What's so so interesting in that is nobody has ever asked them that question before. It has never crossed their mind to think about what they really need to hear in order to stay involved because their automatic playbook takes over and they go to the default situation. Which is, I'm out of the game. I'm out of the game. I'm leaving. I'm not going to do this. So it's, it's simple, but it's oh so effective when they really think about it. Because who do you think has the answer to that question? Of all the people sitting at the table, who do you think has the answer to that question, Hannah? I know. It's the person who wants to leave the game. They're the only person that knows. So the other person can't say, well, I could say this or I could say this. Because the only person that knows what he or she needs to hear is the one who leaves the game. And how empowering is it when somebody asks you that question, you actually get to think about and say, well, if my teammate were to say, 
I don't want you to leave the game. I really want to have this conversation with you. Help me to not raise my voice with you. Help me to understand exactly what you want me to hear. Let's go back to using our tools so that I, I get it right. And if that's what you need to hear and that's what you need your your teammate to say to you, you get to come up with it. It's very empowering. Right. And then effectively the, you, the person writes it down because the teammate will never remember what their teammate just said, what the person who leaves the game said. No, you're going to go back to your old play. And, and you would expect to. So you write down those words, and then when the teammate who is getting frustrated because, um, in, in our case, because Autumn was leaving the game, I get frustrated. Rather than doing all the things I used to do, I could now use Autumn's words and say the things that she needed to hear so that she would know that I was trying and she would know that I cared and she would come around and get back involved in the game really quickly. It was amazing how that worked. And the reason you get back in the game quickly is because the two of you have come up with this play together. And there's something about making that agreement together that that just makes you want to work closely as a team. You don't want to let your teammate down. What do you think about that, Alan? Do you think maybe that's what it is? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it brings it. It's a common goal. I mean, neither one of us would like the result because then we would be mad and upset, might not talk for a few hours or longer in our early years. Yeah, we didn't like the result before we learned team plays. Right. So we were motivated to do something differently. The problem was we didn't know what to do. Bingo. That's exactly it. And how many of you out there are there like that? You just don't know what to do differently. That's exactly what a coach can help you do. Learn to do it differently. Right. And it's it's not rocket science. It's really pretty simple and straightforward in order to help somebody figure that out. But the effect of it, it's like uh, night and day. It's just huge, the impact and the breakthroughs that as a coach couple you can see with somebody else when all of a sudden they can figure out what they really need to hear and they share it. And then it's just simply a matter of going through. And the coach then would say, so what's going to happen if you're, if, if, if we were being coached, somebody might ask me uh, or ask Autumn, so what's going to happen when Alan forgets and goes, doesn't use the play? What, you know, could, what are you going to say? Alan, what do you need to hear from Autumn that will encourage you to do what you've agreed to do? to use the play that she needs? How is she going to remind you without nagging you or calling you a loser for forgetting or, you know, all the other things that she might tend to do because of her frustration? So I get to think then, well, if Autumn says to me, um, honey, that's not what I need to hear right now. Remember, we agreed to, to uh, try something different. If I were to hear that, then I would pause and I would get back on track because I would find that encouraging. So the coach would tell me, write that down, because Autumn's not going to remember those words. So I'd write it down on a little three-by-five card. And that's Autumn's key then. When I when I blow it, then she can come back with something that's going to help me get back on track. And then we're mutually accountable. And, and Autumn actually coined this, but, you know, it's the first person that can engage their adult brain. Because we would see what's going on, but we would be, I mean... Before, we would be trapped in our own emotions, and we would be down that, going down that path. But we recognized it, and we'd recognize it at different times. But the first person to recognize it then can take the action 
to stop the slide and get back on track. And it's it's really empowering. I, at least we found it that way. And couples we coach find it the same way. It, it, that's exactly right. Because when you're learning the skills and you're fresh into a coaching session, uh, you you can't see it. You can't see the forest for the trees. But your coach can. They can see the wrong plays and the wrong swing. And they can bring it to your attention in a really caring manner by saying, hmm, this is what I observed. What did the two of you think about that? Or, you know, when Alan said this, I observed Autumn doing this. What did the two of you think about that? And they give you the opportunity to engage your adult brains. When you're by yourself, you don't do that very often. Right. We're going to be coming back uh, after break. If you would like to give us a call and ask a coaching question, it's 503-225-0860 or 877-774-KPAM. Back to the marriage coaches who can help you achieve a winning marriage team. It's coaches Al and Autumn Ray on KPAM 860. You're coming back to uh, Marriage Team. This is Coach Autumn. I'm here with my husband, Coach Alan, and we're marriage coaches, and we've been getting a lot of telephone calls and emails asking us about what is coaching anyway? What can we expect if we come to a coach, or why would we want coaching? And so that's, that's what we've been talking about today. We talked about the difference between coaching and mentoring, the difference between coaching and counseling. And then we talked about, you know, what, what do people need in order to be successful in a coaching situation and so we kind of said anybody that can make a list and go to the grocery store and buy what's on the list can be successful in coaching and it does really take just a little bit more than that Um, they need to learn the skills that are taught so you have to have the desire to learn something new about communication learning how to speak and how to listen and learning the skills that are uh, around anger, that, you know, anger is a secondary emotion, getting in touch with what's under that. And conflict resolution, learning some skills around decision making and goal planning. So you have to have those skills in your toolbox in order to be successful. You also have the ability, you have to have the ability to implement those skills. So what kinds of things would stand in the way of you having the ability well, sometimes there might be some um, mental health issues. Their addictions can stand in the way sometimes of people being able to implement skills. Can you think of anything else, Alan, that might stand in the way of people being able to implement skills? Well, sometimes uh, if there's been abuse, uh, mm-hmm. then there's a lot of uh, emotions and people are just aren't emotionally capable of uh, following through. Mm-hmm. And all of those situations really do require counseling. Uh, they require professional assistance to help people uh, sort through those. Okay. So if you have skills and you have the ability to implement those skills, what's the third thing you need? Commitment. It means, and people, we hear people all the time, oh, we're committed, you know, to our relationship. We'll never leave each other. We'll never get divorced. But when they come in, they're not happy. They're miserable. And so they rate their marriage on a scale of one to 10, maybe there are five. And so we kind of asked them, so what are you really committed to? Are you committed to having a really great relationship or are you just committed to being together? Because there's a difference in what you're committed to. 
So we ask people to to rate themselves on that skills and that ability and that commitment. And if you have those three things going for you, you can be on the way to divorce court, but still want to put this relationship back together again. And we've seen people do that over and over and over again. In fact, Alan, what, what do people say about their relationship? What kind of results do we get? Right. And, uh, and I'll address that. But um, the motivation, you mentioned commitment. Mm -hmm. It's the motivation Mm -hmm. as well that really gets down to the commitment. And coaches can help help the couple really to identify what would motivate them, doing it for their kids, doing it for for the family, doing it for others, doing it because um, they were happy once and they could see that they lost something that they had that they valued. So coaches can help with the motivation, which really goes directly to that commitment. So what do people say that have gone through um, coaching? Well, we've we've had several comments. I mean, uh, one comment is from a woman in California who uh, was coached, and she said basically that, uh, that she felt uh, understood, loved again, and that they were intimate again, that they'd had a breakdown in the relationship, and the coaching helped put all that back together. That's a pretty powerful testimony. Right. We have lots and lots of testimonies exactly like that. My marriage is like night and day different. If you can't say more than two words without fighting, or even worse, don't speak at all, you need a coach. Through coaching, we learned how to speak with one another so each of us would listen and understand, and it was wonderful. I now know how to reach my husband, and I feel so loved. I know he hears me when I talk to him. Our coaches were friendly and funny, and we were able to be ourselves without feeling exposed. Another person said the coaching relationship was way better than I expected, above and beyond. The coaching helped us with communications, problem solving, and meeting our goals. I highly recommend coaching. I can't believe we are actually still together and how great things are. My husband today remembers what to say and also quotes things that were mentioned during our coaching meetings. Today, we're able to communicate with each other without bursting out. We can even talk and converse. Wow. Again, I thank you from the bottom of my heart. We are not a divorce statistic, and the word divorce is no longer mentioned in our house. And another couple said our marriage was difficult from the start. We both had a lot of baggage from the past. Through our marriage coaching experience, we learned how to work together uh, as a team. What a concept. We came to many understandings about parenting and communication. Our coaches patiently walked us through the material and the exercises. We had a great breakthrough after... uh, looking at forgiveness, and it all started to snowball in a wonderful way after that. We still have difficult times, but we use our new skills, and the hard times are fewer and farther between and don't last anywhere near as long. My daughter noticed how we don't argue as much, and her behavior has improved greatly as a result. I mean, what motivation is that? We could have been a sad statistic, but are not. We have even had counselors who have gone through the training and Alan, what do counselors say? Well, um, the counselors have said um, one in particular s- made a, sp- a specific point of saying that there were five things that were different about coaching than counseling. One that the um, it, coaching is done couple to couple, uh, so that makes it more even-handed in the perception. That coaching sessions are typically at a at a home setting, which makes it uh, less clinical. Uh, there's no charge for ongoing sessions, just one small upfront fee, and that coaches can spend well more than the 50 
uh, minutes that often is spent in counseling sessions that make it really much more effective. You've been listening to us talk about marriage coaching. And if any of you are interested in learning how to become coaches, you might call us at 360-450-6042. That's 360-450-6042. We wish you and your family a winning marriage.